0: Welcome to the kick Ash Live podcast. Whoo, folks, I have been moving. It's a whole thing. And I wanted to pop in here and do a little solo cast to say hi and share some thoughts. The night of the move, which was quite a thing, right? I sat down and wrote a list of things I've learned from moving, and I just thought I'd share See, this is the third time in six years that I've moved, all within the same apartment complex, each time for different reasons. First, we were in Unit 107, and then Unit 403, and now Unit 124. If you're into numbers, did you notice? They all have something to do with the number 7. 107. And then four, zero, three added up is seven. One, two, four added up is seven. They say it's a lucky number. So I'm going to go with that. And a quick Google search will tell you of, I mean, this number seven has a kind of mystique even in ancient times and still today. But I got to be careful here because I get easily sidetracked when I'm curious. So let's keep going. These moves, these three moves in Atlanta, don't count the number of times over this same period that I've moved in and out of various spots in Florida related to my little fixer-upper rental place down here and then the wine shop that I accidentally owned for a brief period of time. If you count those in the mix, all total during this period, I've moved, you guessed it, seven times. So Sitting amidst the boxes the other night, I made some quick notes and reflections about moving. Here are the 14 things that came to mind. Not on purpose, I know, but 14 is twice the number seven as it turns out. We have a theme here, accidental theme. So 14 things, let's go, let's go. Number one, we don't need much. We really just don't need much. In 2017, I left what was my home, a little 1925 bungalow near Piedmont Park in Atlanta, a place I had poured so much love into. And I left with my clothes and moved into a three-bedroom apartment down the road, literally left with my clothes. And at that time, I will confess, I had a shopping habit. So when I say I left with my clothes, I left with a lot of boxes of clothes. This shopping habit was the kind where you spend money to try to fill the emptiness inside. Have you ever been there? Turns out, news flash, no amount of designer clothes and shoes can fix the emptiness. But thank goodness for the ridiculous piles of clothes that I had accumulated because I was able to sell them to cover the most basic expenses and some cheap furniture. Because at the time, my income was, quote, marital property that was tied up in court. Not bitter, just facts, y'all. That's how our system works. And it was tough. And there's nothing easy about that process and a lot that still makes no sense to me. Because there I was, I was a corner office partner at a major law firm, yet I couldn't access the money to pay basic bills because of the positions taken in court. And there was this one time my power was shut off. And so I sat there with two red lanterns that I'd grabbed from Target and I I camped. I was literally camping in my new apartment, drinking cheap rosé and pondering life. Like, seriously, how did this happen? Blessedly, the kids were not with me that day. The very next day I went to the pawn shop. Have you ever done that? gone to a pawn shop. It's fascinating. And I sold the last pieces of my jewelry for cash, which I took directly to the power company. I stood in line with my little bag of cash and paid, got the power turned back on. What an interesting process, really humbling. Eventually it all shook out as things tend to do with time. But I do know this, there was Actually, real joy in the simplicity of those days. There was a freedom that comes from releasing things. And there was so much gratitude for the most basic things like power, you know, the most basic things that I had up until this point taken for granted. So, lesson number one from moving we really don't need much. Number two, Oh, how quickly things accumulate. Three and a half years later, after the marital home sold, I was able to buy a little fixer-upper at the beach. And I was leaving the law firm. And so at that time, I needed to downsize. The kids and I moved into a smaller apartment on the fourth floor of the same building in Atlanta. And we called it our, quote, penthouse. But Let me tell you, that was a wild exaggeration, okay? It was fun, though, because we knew the trade-off was beach time. In that three and a half years, when I thought we were living pretty simply, we accumulated a lot of stuff. Now, if you've ever had young kids, you know that stuff just kind of finds its way to you, but I can't blame it on the kids. Nope. I... Two bought a lot of unnecessary stuff. I did. Like why? And I had to take a hard look at myself as we moved from unit 107 to unit 403. And 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 really look at the purchasing that I had done when I thought I was living simply and there's still a storage unit that needs to be emptied. I mean, geez, why? And As we moved this week from the fourth floor back down to the first floor, I was happy to note that we have a lot less stuff this time, but still, okay, here's one thing. Why, 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 why do we have so many pillows? And like, none of these pillows is great, really. So... Anyway, I'm reminded to clear things out regularly that are excessive or broken or unused or unread. We all have heard about Marie Kondo, right? She spoke to me with her question, does it spark joy? If not, thank it for its service and release it. So yeah, lesson number two was, oh, how quickly things can accumulate if we don't release them. Number three, on a related note, Pair down your wardrobe to items that are useful and that make you feel amazing. The rest can just go. When there's space in your closet, you can actually see the things you have and appreciate them. I cannot even tell you about this one designer top. I paid too much money for it and I couldn't let it go. It followed me for about 10 years until this most recent move. I wore this top maybe twice, felt horrible in it both times, and tried to wear it maybe a hundred times. It just was not flattering in any era, and yet for some reason I could not let it go. This move, I did. Chuck it in the fuck it bucket baby and make room for that dress from Target that I love. Number four, once something enters your home, It is hard to get rid of, for real, because memories attach or wishes or aspirations. So be really damn careful what you bring home. Stuff, dogs, humans, just saying. Number five, art brings me joy, real joy. It's the story behind it, the emotion, the mood it evokes and of the things I've purchased. Never have I ever regretted money that I spent on art. So I'm curious, you know, I'd love to know what purchases bring you joy. It's so individual, right? But art brings me joy. Number six, I set the tone for my home. Let me explain what I mean. I have a need to settle in quickly. So before anything, particularly in this latest place, I sage the place to clear negative or stale energy and I spray Florida water. Do you know about Florida water? It is um, used for calling in protection and positive energy and creativity. Some friends recently told me about it. I do love a ritual for clearing a space. I will call it this, okay? My grandmother, Lily Bell, used to say in a deep Southern drawl, it's my ritual, my ritual, okay? (laughs) Never will the word ritual ever be the same for me. It always makes me think of her. And I say prayers the entire time. I call in what I desire. Try it, all right? Because I learned the hard way. In Unit 403, the move was complete chaos, Everything about those two years in that space was cramped and painful, and there was negative energy that no matter what I did, (laughs) no matter what amount of sage and Florida water were spread around the place, okay, call me crazy, but it's just my thing, there was a negative energy that I just never could shake, and I think it had a lot to do with the energy with which I entered the space, it was a feeling of needing to downsize, of coming from a place of lack and scarcity and fear about the changes I was making in my life. Moving into 124 just a few days ago feels expansive. It feels just right. Indeed, more than I ever could have dreamed of when I signed up for this place because <laughs> I signed up for this based solely on the fact that there's a small gated courtyard for the dogs. I really didn't look or pay attention to anything else about the unit. I just knew that no longer would I be walking two rather large dogs from a fourth floor apartment multiple times a day. That was it. So I set the tone for my home and um, this time I set it with a lot of intention and I hope I pray, I intend for it to be a place of calm and ease and peace. Number seven, energy matters. It's related, right? Energy matters. It's not just the energy with which I entered this place, but also the energy of my neighbors. In unit 107, the first place, I was surrounded just by happenstance, right? by single women who were healing from broken marriages and difficult partings. And we had our own support system in one another as we rebuilt our lives. And there is one lovely woman, sweet, 80 years, young Dolores, who adopted us and left sweet notes and gifts on our door. And then there's Sherry. She's a friend I made at the pool the most glamorous grandmother I've ever seen. Side note, Sherry, this just tells you about her, bought a wetsuit during the pandemic lockdown when they shut the gym. She is super committed to her fitness. So, wetsuit, into the pool she went. This, I just love. This is the energy of the people around us, and it was fantastic. And then when we moved into number 403, I was surrounded by people who... For reasons I will never understand, let their dogs pee in the hallway. Not just once or twice, all the time. And they didn't bother to clean it up. So, I labeled it. <laughs> I labeled it the intersection of Urine Hall and Piss Alley. Like gross, right? What an energy drain to walk through that every day and how it affects the neighbors. Neighbors in this hallway barely spoke to one another. They would look at the ground as we passed. So I was totally that girl, right? Good morning. Hey, how you doing? And they would literally look at me like I was nuts, mumble and look at the floor. I found myself shaking it off a lot. But just a few days ago, back down on the first floor, my first day in 124, So many people drop by to say hi, a lot of my first floor friends and a couple from the second floor. I love having an open garden gate. The energy was just so good again. So all I'm saying is that energy matters and it can be entirely too easy to pick up the energy of folks around us and being aware of how that energy affects us is really key. All right. Number eight, be friendly with your neighbors, but do not dive headfirst into friendship without really learning who they are and what they're about. Real truth, there were a couple of folks I met early on in this apartment life journey that were mm, nothing short of crazy. Okay. That's the only way I can say it. And I learned the hard way, that extricating is much harder than setting clear boundaries and deciding to lower them as time goes on. Because see, it's unlikely that either of you is moving anytime soon, so if it gets weird, well, you'll be glad you had some boundaries in place. This isn't just apartment life, this is about office life, neighborhood life, any of that, right? be friendly, but be careful about diving into friendship. Boundaries are, are a useful tool as it turns out. Number nine, there is no undoing a bad moment. Here's the story. A friend of the family thought it would be fun to take my daughter, Mackenzie, who was 13, to the Humane Society on a Friday afternoon. And, um, yeah, we're no longer friends. I'm just kidding. I love you, Sadia. It's, she's been a gift. The very next day, the next Saturday morning, my daughter and I were the first ones in line at the Humane Society and we brought home Maisie, a lab mix, all American mutt, you know, and, um, I had been potty training Maisie for about four weeks from the fourth floor up four flights and down four flights countless times a day and no sleep, right? Like no uninterrupted sleep. So early one morning, about a month in, we were up before the sun and I had Maisie in my arms so she wouldn't be tempted to, you know, just let go in the hallway. And by now she was getting heavy. And I also had all 97 pounds of Apollo our great Pyrenees, on a leash. And as we were trying to exit the building, we ran into a neighbor who had his dog and was trying to come in. So I immediately turned around and went to a different entrance down a long hallway, still carrying Maisie, just to try to give them the space to get in. But apparently he did the same thing because he was at the other door when we got there. So I tried going down a flight, opened the door. I was trying to avoid them because, you know, sometimes Apollo, as big as he is, is a little much for dogs. And so I try to give them space, right? But there they were again. So I'm still holding Maisie, who is very heavy at this time, and I'm exhausted and frustrated. And I said out loud to myself before even realizing I did so, I literally said, geez, damn it, they just will not go away. Oh gosh, to which he glared and said, No, we won't. And I went, Oh gosh, did I say that out loud? And rather than find him later and apologize, in my, I don't know, I was exhausted, okay? I did not have my best moment. I just swept it under the rug and endured his glares every time we passed. I could have handled it better for sure. Except now, now that we moved back downstairs, We are two doors down from this gentleman and his wife. And I'm told that they're quite lovely, but yeah, it's it's too late to apologize. You know that song? um, It's like One Republic and Timberland version. It's too late to apologize. Yeah, that's me. It happened. I didn't show up as my best self and I've got to live with it. Maybe there will be an opportunity for repair, for healing It's okay if it doesn't, right? Make peace with it. But it's a reminder to me that there is really no undoing a bad moment. There's not. Number 10, gratitude matters. I have literally cried tears of joy and disbelief for the unexpected surprises I keep finding in this new place. Like it was literally made for my little family. I told a friend, like, I'm totally Goldilocks here. The first apartment was too big. The second was too small. And this one feels just right. Side note, I thought apartment living was a temporary stop. Six years later, I'm still here. And maybe one day I'll unpack on the podcast all the things I've learned from living in an apartment complex, something that I thought was over after school. But for now, just know that I'm grateful, so grateful for this experience, this home, this gift of a place and the people I've met along the way. Gratitude really, it may sound trite, right? Gratitude is such a practice these days, but it really does shape our view of the world and the spaces we're in. All right, number 11, don't sweat the small stuff. I'm going to tell you that I started to get totally twisted because the day before I moved into number 124, the latest place, the leasing agent, he's new, he's young, he was bragging about how the appliances were brand new. And yet I looked down and there's a huge dent in the brand new fridge. Fix it, right? Just fix it. But they had a lot of reasons why they could not or would not fix it. And because I understand a little bit of the business of multifamily housing as an investment, as a business, I knew that I had to let it go. It just was not worth the fight. The fight over a dent would just spoil my joy over all the great things about this place. And by the end of the day, on moving day one, I no longer even saw the dent. I mean, look, I see it sometimes, but really, it's a reminder not to get bent over a dent. That's not what matters. It's a fridge that functions and is lovely, and I'm going to fill with farmer's market veggies, and I am so grateful. Perfect is the enemy of good. This was just not something to sweat. Don't sweat the small stuff. Number 12, give things a place. I really like this one. If you ask my college roommate Jessica, love you girl, you will know that I have not always been the most organized person, but as I've gotten older, I really do believe in giving things a place, kind of loosely a place. And I am reminded in this move to regularly Sort of reevaluate that the place is working with the way I use the space. You know, that saying, a place for everything and everything in its place, it doesn't have to be exact. Just an area will suffice. I was thinking about this the other night when I was making this list and I thought about, do you remember Schoolhouse Rock? Am I the only one who remembers Schoolhouse Rock? Am I the only one that era? Like conjunction, junction, what's your function? Okay, okay, total side note, but group accordingly. Also, live in a space for a little bit before fully committing to a setup. This time, I've named my spaces. I'm trying this out. So, let me know if this resonates with you. But I have post-it notes everywhere as reminders of what I want each space to represent until it sticks with me. So, here they are. Share with me yours if something like triggers something in you, okay? Well-being. That's my kitchen. Cozy. That's the living room. Professional. That's the dining room that I've turned into an office because who eats in the dining room anymore? Calm. That's my bedroom. Create. That's the white lacquer desk in my bedroom. I love that desk and it's a space that I, I do. I create and I journal and I send thank you notes and a lot of love from that desk. So create. Joy. That's the kid's room. Obviously, right? Joy. They are my joy. Friendship. That's the patio. I hope that you'll come visit me and have a glass of Prosecco on the patio and watch the sunset. Let's watch the world go by. Friendship. Play. That's the courtyard for the dogs. Ease. That's my closet and bathroom cabinets. I want there to be ease there. Systems. That's the entrance hallway. And wholehearted. That's the post-it on the front door, a reminder of how I want to approach the world wholehearted. I want to stay in these energies and then add prayer and faith and hope and laughter. There's a place for all of those all around. Give things a place. Number 13, moving is a great time to set new habits or restart old habits that once served me that somehow got lost in the shuffle. Like, this is a complete shutdown restart. It's a reboot, baby. Remember who you are. Over the past couple of years, I lost sight of some of the basic habits that were so healing and so healthy for me, and they're coming back. A move will definitely shake things back into place if you let it. Right, number 14, last one. There is a hierarchy in moving crews. These guys, respect it, respect them. This work, as I watched them, it, this work is backbreaking. And yet these guys showed up positive, joking, supportive. These guys, they saw the worst in me. I mean, Okay, real truth here, no matter how many times I vacuum and I vacuum daily, this was this was so embarrassing. There was dog hair everywhere. I have two dogs that um, share their joy with us a lot daily. So these guys could see the worst in me that they continued to joke and laugh and and do their work cheerfully. They were such an example to me. So remember there's a hierarchy in moving crews. Be respectful and hope for their grace. And need I say it? Tip well. Like really, tip well. Recognize the hard work that's going on and the joy with which they approached it. I want to incorporate that energy into my daily work, and I'm so grateful to these guys. So there are my 14 things that I reflected on in moving. These are just some thoughts I had while unpacking boxes and setting intentions because I want this to be a loving, generous, productive, creative space. I wish so much joy for you and yours. It doesn't take moving to create a loving space, just effort and intention. And goodness knows I have not always gotten it right, but I'm grateful for a chance to reset. A move is a gift, at least, of reflection and a chance to dream about what's just around the corner. So I send this message to you with love and packing tape, bubble wrap, and a little bit of chaos. I am sending you the biggest hug. The biggest hug, for real. And a reminder that you are love and light. You are health and wealth. You are joy and strength. You are fire and grace. Thank you for listening. If this would touch someone you know, share it, please. If you like it, subscribe because there's more coming really soon. Interviews with some of my favorite people in this world. People who are touching lives, each in their own special unique ways. These stories, y'all, these stories are so good. So subscribe, stick around, and I'll talk with you real soon.